Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about to books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a bonus episode of Sawbones, Marital Tour Biscuit Medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Charlie McElroy. Charlie, I like that. You jumped right in there. Yeah, I didn't even wait to be introduced. Professional. Yeah. (laughs) So we are doing a special episode. This bonus episode is medical questions from kids. Yeah. And me too. And Charlie, well, you are a kid. Yeah. To be fair. Um, so yeah. we've got some questions that Charlie cooked up for Sydney. I'm so excited. We've got some questions from uh, you, our listeners, the children of our listeners. Yeah. Or in some case, some children listeners. Yes. And uh, we're just going to address some stuff. These are just questions for kids. So kids will learn a little bit more about medicine. Um, our daughter will somehow avoid fidgeting for at least a few minutes. And uh, I should take a first opportunity to thank everybody for donating the Maximum Fun Drive. Yeah. Me too. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really, we couldn't keep doing this the way that we do it uh, without your support. And we just can't say thank you enough. Yes. So thank you. Thank you in advance to everybody who's sending questions, to all the kids who ask questions. Uh, I have not seen anything yet. I want to make that clear. I have no idea what these questions are. I hope I know the answers. Charlie, what if I don't know the answers? It's okay. Okay. Will I be letting everyone down? No. Will I be letting you down? No. Dear heart, remember you do need to talk into the microphone. Oh. Well, you don't need to take notes during the show, I don't think. Okay. Okay. Um, and that's Daddy's D and D notes, Charlie. They're very important and okay. special. Okay. <laughs> uh, Charlie, your first question is. How do you use your tools on people's bodies if they are sick or they broke a bone? That's a great question. Doctors have a lot of tools, don't we? Yep. You've seen some of them. Some of them I Mm -hmm. I bring home with me, and then others, they just live at the hospital. You don't ever get to see them. Yeah. Well, are there any tools in particular that you wonder about? Mm. Nope, just any tool. Any tool. Uh, mm-hmm. The tools we use a lot are probably, one, if somebody's sick, we might want to take their temperature. So you know what a thermometer is. Yeah. So we use that at, at work as well as at home. I would probably use my stethoscope. Yeah, stethoscope. Mm-hmm, to listen to people's hearts and lungs and yeah. their bellies and all kinds of things. Uh, I would use my sphygmomanometer. Do you know what that's for? To look at your people's eyes. No. No. 
Do you remember? That's the blood pressure cuff. That's how I take someone's blood pressure. Yeah, this big dabba dabba day. But I do look in people's eyes. Yeah. Using an otoscope. No. Wow. An ophthalmoscope. Excuse oh me. boy, kids. Ophthalmoscope. Kids, this is worrisome. I was thinking, no, I was thinking. Whoa. Anyway, I look in their ears with an otoscope. And also, the both of these items have lights on them, Charlie, so I can use them yeah. to look in your throat yeah. and say, you ah. Can, you, can use, you can use both for eyes and ears and nose and mouth. That is very true. Now, none of these tools would be particularly helpful in fixing a broken bone. Yeah. I might use them to check out somebody who broke a bone to make sure they're okay otherwise. But when it comes to the broken bone itself, I can help with keeping it stable, keeping it in place with various like wraps and casts and things like that. You're losing her. I know. Well, I was just going to say, I can't fix a broken bone myself because I'm a family doctor and I don't do like surgeries and that kind of thing. So if they actually need to like put the bones back together with pieces of metal and things, I leave those up to the doctors who have those tools or usually orthopedic surgeons. Yeah. Not me. But it's very cool. Why do doctors have to wear a stethoscope? Well, a stethoscope is a really useful piece of equipment. You, you asked about tools. It's probably the tool I personally use the most. Uh, and so I like to keep it around my neck so that I have it handy. It's just a good place to keep it. My pockets really aren't big enough for it. So I like to keep it around my neck. And then that way I can listen to your heart and hear how fast or slow it's beating and what its rhythm is. I can listen to your lungs and make sure they sound nice and clear. Uh, and I like to have it with me all the time for those for those things. Thanks. Not not all doctors. The answer is Charlie is because they think it looks cool. Also, then everyone knows I'm a doctor. There it is. There it is. <laughs> that's not that's not really good. Okay, Charlie. Next why, question. Why do pills have to make us feel better? Why 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 do we have to take pills? Uh, I from that question, I feel like maybe you don't like pills. I. I do, I do like some types of medicine, only the liquid grape medicine. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know you're a yeah. big fan of the times when you need some uh, mm-hmm. grape ibuprofen. You're a big, yeah. Yeah. You're a big fan of that. I love try. that stuff. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> we got to be really careful to assess Charlie yeah. and make sure she actually has a complaint that necessitates. just want to like pound some liquid sugar. Yeah. Uh, well, Charlie... Pills work in lots of different ways to make us better. Uh, It really depends on, that's a big question. It depends on what's wrong, what what is making you sick, and what kind of pill it is. Uh, Sometimes they work to make things in our body that are already there work the way they're supposed to. Other times they're replacing things that we don't have enough of or helping balance out things we might have too much of. Uh, And sometimes they're in there killing germs. They do lots of different things. Uh, And... We don't all need pills all the time, but I would say pretty much everybody is going to need a pill at some point in their life for some period of time or another. Okay, Charlie, you got another one? Yeah. How do you use the blood pressure taker to take our blood pressure? That's a good question. So remember, that's called a sphygmomanometer. She's not going to start saying sphygmomanometer. I know how that would delight you, but it's not going to happen. I'm going to keep saying it until she does. I'm going to keep saying it. 
So the way that we would use it, a lot of times you'll see in a doctor's office, you may have had the ones where they just push a button. They wrap the cuff around your, they like Velcro it around your arm, your upper arm, and then they just yeah. push a button. And they just go. Mm-hmm. And it squeezes really tight. And yeah. then let's go. But uh, if you want to do it the old fashioned way, what we call the manual way, which is the way that I usually do it when I'm myself taking a blood pressure, you wrap the cuff around somebody's arm. And it squeezes really tight. You pump the little ball right. Squish, 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 squish. And it squeezes your arm really tight until I'm actually stopping the uh, blood flow in your arm there for a second. I'm squeezing that artery really tight. And then as I loosen it up and let the pressure out, I'm listening with my stethoscope to hear it start, the blood start flowing through there again. And when I hear it start, that's your top number. And when I hear it stop, when there's so little pressure that I can't hear it at all, that's the bottom number. Charlie, I think you had one. Remind me, one more. Why Why do we have to go to the doctor when we're sick or we have a broken bone? Well, let's start. The broken bone is the easier part. Uh, if you don't, If you don't make sure that the broken bone at least stays in the right place like that it stays where it should in position, then it could heal wrong. And that would hurt, and it could make it harder to, like, walk on your leg if it was your leg, or use your arm if it's your arm. So you want to make sure it heals right. So it's really important to go to a doctor if you think you broke a bone so they can help you make sure it heals right. Uh, when it comes to being sick, you know, sometimes you don't have to go to the doctor, right? Yeah. Like, sometimes you have a cold, and you're, it's not that bad, and you don't have to go to the doctor. But other times you're not sure what you have. And so you need a doctor to help you figure that out. That might be what the doctor does. Or sometimes the doctor helps you figure it out and the doctor needs to prescribe you certain medicines to make it better. So it's just like anybody we would go to who has a lot of knowledge about a certain subject area. Doctors have a lot of knowledge about your body. Bless you. And so when, you, uh, when you're sick, you can go to a doctor to help uh, you understand that better. Or when you're well and you just need a checkup or a vaccine. Uh, okay, so we have questions from uh, our listeners. Yeah, kids. Other kids, that's right. Other um, kids. Uh, this first one is from Teddy, who who is age six. Teddy says, how does your body move? Whoa. Mm. Charlie, do you know? It's a good question, Teddy. Would you, what would you guess? Your arm moves like this. Well, now well, you're yeah. showing me how your <laughs> arm moves. Sydney, how does your body move? So we have things in our body that help us move around. There are lots of different things, but I would say the main things are, first of all, your bones. Mm-hmm. Right? Bone. They're strong. They support and like hold us up. Like bone. And they give us shape. If we didn't yeah. have bones, we'd just be like... Wobbly, wobbly. Blobs, right? Like, yeah. Like that slime you make. We would be wobbly, wobbly, wobbly. Our muscles are connected to our bones to help give us shape and, and help keep us strong and move around. So bones and muscles are big parts of that. But then you have to have, like, the system that tells the bones and the muscles what to do. And you know what's up top that tells everything what to do. Your brain, your brain is help is is part of what helps us move around. Your brain connects yep. to all those things through nerves mm-hmm. and sends little signals throughout your whole body that says, "Raise your arm and wave at Charlie right now." Yeah. And I was doing it. And 
and your brain is like the boss of your body and your body is like a big tall building that's a big work building and the brain is in charge so it tells every part of your body what to do and they're like little workers for the brain and they do all different things that's very that's true correct. that's very good charlie yeah. that's very good and there are, there are other things that help you move but i'd say those are the big the big answers this next one is from cullen i think you're gonna like this one charlie uh, Colin is 10 years old and asks, why do I get eye boogers? Now, in, in my house growing up, we call these sleep. Mm-hmm. Like you got some sleep in your eye. Yeah. Uh, that's what we call them. We didn't call them eye boogers. Yeah. What do you think of eye boogers, Charlie? Crusties, Any guesses? Sometimes. Crusties. Yeah, we used to call them sleep or crusties. They're, they're crusty. They're crusty and gross. And I, and I hate having to feel them and then trying to pick them out because sometimes they get stuck on my eyelashes. They're usually just little collections of like uh, some mucus or some fluid. Um, there could be, I mean, I guess if we're talking about the really crusty stuff that gathers around your eyes, you could have some like dead skin cells and things in there too. I know this yeah. is getting really unpleasant. This is for kids. Yeah, well. It's... You said mucus. Like This is for children. There's going to be a cool, normal way of saying mucus. Like a hip, young, fresh I mean, way of anything, saying mucus. Like, I, like, like goo. spit up? Spit up is mucus. That's right. That is, that is a kind of mucus. There are different kinds, right? That come Because like the stuff that comes out of your eyes isn't... It's, it's like eye spit, spit up. It's eye spit up. Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes it happens when like maybe you have some allergies that are acting up or you're sick or something and then other times it's just there right like because your eyes have been closed all night and yeah. so mucus has just been collecting there and you get a little yeah little like as it, as it gets dry growing, it's not like growing, growing. it's like a booger i mean it is mm-hmm. it's the same idea it's like dried up mucus in your nose forms a booger so it's an eye booger it is an eye booger in a in a sense. Good really, job, Colin. You're yeah, ahead of the curve. Colin, you've already you already figured it out. You knew you knew in your heart what it was. Uh, okay, so this next question is from Carmen. Colin, I think you you could be a doctor one day. Hey, oh, nice. there you go. Uh, this next question is from Carmen, nice. and Carmen has a niece named Addison who's nine, and Addison likes to ask Carmen, who it bears mentioning is five foot one inch tall. Okay. Addison likes to ask Carmen, why are you short like a kid, but you're a grown up? <laughs> Which uh, brings uh, Carmen no small amount of joy, I'm sure. Um, so, Sydney, why is Carmen short like a kid, but Carmen's a grown up? Well, Addison, it's important to keep us grown ups honest. So I like that. Keep giving everybody a hard time, you know. Uh, Charlie, do you know why people are different heights? Why are some people tall and some people short? I don't know. Okay. It's in your genes. It's in your DNA. It's the kind of jeans that you wear. Oh. Yeah, if you wear jeans that are too tight, that no. makes you shorter. It's in your DNA. That's right. right. Okay. DNA. Like like if you're a girl or a boy, if you have blue eyes or green eyes. Right. Yeah. Okay. If you if you have blonde hair or ginger hair. <laughs> the the uh, a gingerish, a gingerish red color hair. That's true. There are lots of colors of hair, and and sometimes you can change those things, right? <coughs> change your hair color even. Yeah. But that's not your DNA. Sometimes you can change your hair to like pink or 
pretty sky blue, but you're never born that way. There's specific colors of hair, <laughs> but but if but if you're lucky, you but if but if you want to, you can dye your hair a pretty color. Like one time, I dyed my hair pink for real. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right? It was it was lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Charlie, I think somewhere in there was the right answer, which is the D- your DNA decides. It's like the instruction booklet for your body when you're forming. Yep. When you're like a little teeny pre-baby and you're just yeah. being made and you're just little balls Crazy of cells and you're forming. All that DNA is the instructions that your body follows to decide what everything kind of looks like and is shaped like and will act yeah. like and feel like. Like, and like that's the brain building the like that's like that's all the cells uh-huh that's all the worker cells building the body so so it can grow and be big and strong like a big tall building for the workers to work in but some people some people aren't as big and tall as others and that if you want to know about how tall you might be your parents are a good, you know, whoever whoever you got your DNA from, that's usually a good indicator of about how tall you might turn out to be. So if your parents are really tall, you'll probably also be really tall. If your parents aren't very tall, you probably won't either. Although there's a lot of factors. Um, it's just kind of programmed in your DNA, and you're just going to see what will turn out as you get older. That's why it's important to go to your doctor for regular checkups. They can actually put your growth on a chart as you're getting older and watch how you grow and make sure that you're right on track where you, sh- where you for your body should be. Mm-hmm. Um, or like your mom or your dad or your sister. Anybody. Yep. Everybody. Uh, Archie is nine years old and Archie asks, how do muscles get bigger? Mm, that's a great question, Archie. Charlie, how do you make your muscles bigger? I don't know. Okay. I already told you a thousand times. I don't know any of the answers of these questions. You could try to guess. Uh, maybe <laughs> the workers um. Here we go back to the building. The workers go. The workers. The builders make it bigger and bigger and bigger until you're all big and strong and a grown-up. What do you need? What do you need for you to build and build and build those muscles? What do you got to put in? You got to eat food. Food! (laughs) Uh, The two things that will make your muscles bigger, one is proper nutrition. So you got to eat plenty of all the food groups, right? You got to get plenty of protein. Got to get some good vegetables in there, some fiber. You got got to get some carbohydrates, some grains. Yeah. Got to get everything in there. Some good healthy fats that'll uh-huh. help build up and and give your muscles and every tissue in your body all the building blocks. And broccoli. Broccoli is great. All the building blocks you need to build strong muscles. That's number one. Is to eat yeah. all the food groups and eat healthy. And then the other thing is to get plenty of exercise. That's yeah. a way to get to make your muscles strong. Yeah. Um, it like won't necess- running really fast. Exercise like that makes your muscles strong. It won't necessarily make them like huge, <laughs> like 
The Rock. I was going to say Popeye, but nobody knows kids. Popeye. Certainly not children. No, kids don't know who Popeye. You know Popeye the Sailor Man. Our our child does, of course. But, the, but, like, but our child's been watching Beetlejuice, uh, <laughs> the animated series, on a loop for the past three weeks. Yeah. And uh, I like it. Well, I would hope. If you want to, I mean, if you want big muscles like that, you have to lift heavy things like weights. And yeah. those will build up your muscles, too. But I do or not like, recommend. Or like a building. I feel like you haven't explained to Archie the action of how your muscles get bigger. Uh, Well, you just got to, you've got to make more muscle tissue over time. But why? Why does working out make your muscles bigger? Uh, trying to think of how to put it for children. Yeah. Well, it, it like messes them up, right? It like destroys the tissue and then in the rebuilding it's bigger, right? Yeah, it does. It, it They rebuild larger than they were before. I was trying to think of a good way to... I don't want to encourage little kids to lift a lot of weight. Here's the thing, Archie. You don't my, need to get swole, Sydney Archie. Sydney is sugarcoating it. Let me give it to you straight, Archie. You got to master your macros first off. You're going to blast yourself with protein. You master your macros. I need you hitting the gym at 5 a.m. every day and get shredded. Archie of 9 is going to look like a, 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 a shadow of Archie at 10 after he's been blasting it at the gym every day day the important shredded. thing archie is archie to... i want to see you shredded the macros are huge archie you no, blast your eat, protein eat Dad, healthy eat. he doesn't have to if he doesn't want to that's an excellent point charlie right, and archie, the important I, thing I, I archie, is archie you're was... growing <laughs> and but you're not getting swole archie, archie eat a well-balanced when, healthy archie, diet with all the different get, foods archie when you get older maybe you can try that but not yet Okay. And get plenty of exercise because that's good for our whole bodies. It's good for our muscles, for our brains, for our heart, for our lungs, for our mood. Everything gets better if you get plenty of exercise. Yeah. Uh, I love this next question. It's from Sarah's four-year-old cousin who was not named in the email, but I didn't want to miss out on this question. How, co- How come the only bones I have to clean are my teeth? <laughs> uh, you know... <laughs> Teeth uh, aren't exactly bones. Teeth are bones. Yeah. They're your, no. sm- your sm- smile bones. No, no, they're not. They're your teeth. They're, they're, they're different. Um, they're teeth. Would be number one. Uh, they're not smile bones. Two, I think an easy answer to this might be, hopefully there aren't any other bones you can easily access. That's Clean. true. Yeah, the, the only access is a... Our, uh, Sarah's four-year-old cousin access is a way that adults say reach. <laughs> if you can immediately reach directly to contact any any bones, please yeah. tell an adult immediately. Uh, uh, Your other bones keep themselves clean. They're fine. So Carson is four and wants to know how does our body fix cuts? Ooh, Charlie was intrigued Carson, by this one. She question. said that because I had Charlie screen all these questions, um, and I, she, she wanted to know this, too. I, rem- I remember the answer. I I know what kind of body. I know what color the thing that does it is, but I don't know what it's called. There are lots of ways that our body... It's, it's a blue one. It's, There's a blue it's, thing? Yeah. It's a blue thing that... <laughs> it's a blue thing in our body that seals up cuts. That, like, if you got... I'm not sure what... There was a game of the body, and, and and in the thing, it was 
and then the thing, it was blue, and it closed all the cuts up. There was a bunch are, of Are you cuts. talking about, like, suturing, like, stitching, like, putting stitches in? No. Because like, that, that would be a way that a doctor might help your body close up a cut, but your body yeah. can't do that on its own. I mean, can't put stitches in. It can close up cuts on its own, though. Yeah, that's what the little blue thing does. It... <laughs> so, so there are things in your body... Charlie, you're great. There are things in your body that will help come. Uh, if you get a cut, you've got to either sew it up, either have a doctor sew it up, or your body will close it up for you. It sends all kinds of signals to the site. So blood yeah. starts flowing to that site. You increase more blood flow through all of your blood vessels to that site to bring all yeah. these little messengers and to tell cells to clot any blood, stop any bleeding that's happening, and let's... Uh, get a lot of little growth factors here to start sending signals to all kinds of other cells. There are all kinds of cells that yeah. make skin, that make the tissues underneath the skin, yeah. that make new blood like, vessels, all kinds like of things. And red blood cells and white blood cells. And all the, these little teeny chemical yeah. messengers in there, all these little signals that your body sends to and say, the white bring blood the cells. cells. And guess what? The white blood cells are kind of like little tiny ninjas. Little tiny white ninjas that fight all those germs away that's and true. don't let any of the germs come back. And that's part of what your body's doing if it gets a cut is defending yep. that cut from germs so that you don't get an infection in that cut. And then all the cells that are around there get these little signals like grow more of you, grow more skin, grow together, close up and all of these little fibroblasts and all these different kinds of cells that grow new tissue get together and you grow more skin. Amazing. Um, uh, this is from Grace, who is nine. Charlie wanted to know this one, too. Why is it harder for some kids to fall asleep at night than other kids? Oh, Grace, that's a man. If I could figure that out. Um, uh. <laughs> the uh, Well, we're all, we're all a little different. I mean, it's harder for some adults to fall asleep. Yeah, it doesn't change others. when you're an adult. Sydney falls asleep much quicker it's, and easier than I do every night. It's, it's just in your DNA. If you don't sleep good, it's part of your DNA. If you do sleep good, it's part of your DNA. If you don't fall asleep right away, it's part of your DNA. If you do fall asleep right away, it's part of your DNA. There's there's definitely truth to that, Charlie. That part of it is just kind of who you are. Some of us fall asleep yeah. like me really easily. Daddy has never been has never had an easy time falling asleep. But aside from that, there are things you can do. If it does take you a long time to fall asleep, you can make sure that your room is, within reason, pretty dark. A lot of people, when they're younger, like to have some sort of nightlight or something. That's okay. But you don't want your room too bright because it's hard to fall asleep when it's too bright. Hey, it's hard to fall asleep when it's too warm, too. So you need a cool room. Not cold, but cool. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it helps. You, you want to make sure that it's not too noisy. Quiet helps. So like white noise can help a lot of people to black to like block out any other noises that are happening. Yeah. Some soft noise in the room. Mm -hmm. um, make sure that your bed is nice and comfortable. That your pillow is nice and supportive. Make Guess sure that what? you. What? what? I I never sleep. <laughs> I mean, I would believe that. Yeah, everybody sleeps. Make sure that you don't uh, drink caffeine before yeah. bed, or really, we shouldn't. Yeah, ever, don't drink any fluids before bed. Well, and no, and make sure you're getting plenty of exercise during the yeah. day that can help you sleep better at night. And also, 
Yeah. And this is really important for little kids who might not know this. If you're staying awake because you're worrying, talk to your mommy or your daddy or whoever takes care of you. Talk to them about that because sometimes we stay awake because we're worrying. And if you talk to somebody about it, it can help you figure out ways to stop worrying, to to handle the things you're worrying about so that you don't worry so much. Um, our, uh, now, just because uh, you all don't know her maybe as long as I have. Uh, Grace and Charlie, that's Sydney's very long-winded way of saying she does not know why some kids fall asleep easier than other kids. She does not have a clue. Our next question <laughs> is an audio question. Oh, okay. Yes, it's sent in, sent in oh. via via audio. Okay. I, I would have listened to it, too. Okay, here. You can use my headphones. Okay, because you already know it. So do you. I just want to listen to it again. Okay. Right, go ahead. Let me take my headband off first. Okay. To make room for her headphones. Okay. Hello, my name is Natasha, and my question is, um, how does your body know when you need to pee or poop? <laughs> that was a good. That was an important question, Natasha. Um, so our our body, uh, there are a couple different ways. You know, if you let's say pee first. So, if you have to go potty. Yes, if you have to go potty. So first of all, if you have to go pee, pee is made in your kidneys. And then yeah. it flows down these little tubes called ureters to your bladder. Yeah. Which you only got one of. And mm-hmm. all the pee collects in your bladder. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it's going to come out through your urethra. Mm-hmm. That's the last place it exits. It's a tube it goes through before you pee it into the toilet. Hopefully into the toilet. That's the best place to put your pee. Yes. And there are the way that you know you have to pee is that as your bladder starts to get full, we go back to nerves again, all the little chemo, all the little uh, messengers, all the little passageways that our brain gets signals. As your bladder starts to fill yeah. with pee and it stretches, it sends all these signals back to your brain to say, hey, hey, do you feel that? Do you feel that down there? You feel your bladder? It's getting kind of full, isn't it? It's stretching out. Does it feel full to you? Ooh, that's uncomfortable. Ooh, you know what that means? That means you got to pee. And it's that stretching and that filling of your bladder that sends the signals back to your brain that goes, uh-oh, uh-oh, pee coming. And then you know to go sit on the potty. And that's what, and that's kind of what happens with your, that's kind of what happens if you have to go number one or number two. And number two, it's very similar except for instead of the bladder, because that's where pee is being stored. Yeah. You form poop as it goes down through <laughs> uh-huh, through your intestines. intestines. That's right. It comes from, you may, you eat food, your esophagus, your stomach, your little intestine, then your big intestine or colon, and it yeah. goes through there, and it's becoming poop in this whole big, long process. And by the time it gets to the bottom, it's the same thing as the bottom part of your colon, your big intestine, starts to fill with big. what we would call stool instead of poop but you can call or i would call dookie sure justin thanks or number two two but it's the same what are some other names for poop i don't know uh let's skip that part thank you charlie i appreciate that but it's the same thing as you start to get to your rectum that part what charlie let's edit that part where daddy asked you want to edit that out yeah we'll get rid of that uh, but as it gets to your rectum, the bottom part of your intestines, it's the same thing. Signals start sending back like, hey, 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 
We're getting full of poop down here. Time to get it out. Time to let it go there. Yep. And those signals start going to your brain until you go, whoa, uh, time for number two. I like it's a big door that goes drop. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's not quite so quick and immediate, hopefully. <laughs> drop. Uh, Charlie's pretty drop. regular. Um, the, okay, we got time for one more. This is from Kaylee, who's 13. Drop. And Kaylee asks, what's the difference between good drugs and bad drugs? <laughs> Kaylee, that's an important question. Yes. Uh, okay. Charlie, what do you think are some bad drugs? Uh, if you're a little kid and you're having too much alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> for, or if you're smoking. Yeah, it's important for little kids. Or if you're vaping. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. It's important for little kids to have just the right amount of alcohol. Not too much. No. Not too much. Not at all. Little kids don't drink alcohol, do they? No alcohol for kids. Uh, so, no alcohol for kids. Boy, you know this. This is a really difficult question, actually. Generally speaking, bad drugs are drugs that hurt you. Yeah. And good drugs are drugs that help you. Yeah. But that's that's a very general, vague statement, and there are lots of there are lots of exceptions because even medicines that help you. I have a quick. You've got something you got to say? Okay. Okay, go ahead. Get it in there. We're running up against the 30-minute timer okay. uh, during which Charlie can focus on anything. Yes. We're quickly elapsing. How do good germs and bad germs no, wait, help you? No, we have you? to address the, the drugs. I'll tell you about germs. Let me yes. talk about drugs. We have to I'll address tell you about the germs. drug issue. Because uh, I want to answer, because that, that was de novo. That question came out of nowhere, so we got to yeah. answer that one. But okay, drugs. It was what? It just... Now, what did you say? De novo. Just, de novo? Just just All right, four-year-olds, that question was de novo, kids. Anyway, I just... My question what? was... Coming to PBS. My question Weekdays at four, was... it's Dr. Silly Science with Sydney <laughs> Smurl McElroy. I teach medical students. I'm trying to adjust. Uh, My so question... Now, hold your question. Hold on. Bad drugs. Charlie. <laughs> bad drugs are drugs... That, that hurt your body. Yes, and generally speaking, good drugs help your body, make Don't it better, or fix a problem. Right. Now, good drugs, if you shouldn't be taking them, if you don't need them, if no doctor told you to take them, can hurt you. Same thing with good drugs, if you take too much of them, they can hurt you. So it's important that if that you only take medicines that a doctor tells you you should take yeah uh, like because the they have doctor the doctor ordered yes and not even if a medicine is something that like your mom or dad takes or your sister or brother takes or yeah. your friend takes and it helps them if no doctor told you to take it don't take it because it might not do the same thing in your body and it could hurt you yeah, um, it could hurt you really bad, and and you would have a, and you would uh, and you would get sick, or 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 worse if you were sick and it was the wrong medicine, you could get even sicker. That's true, and and generally, I would say a bad drug is something that it just hurts you way more than it could ever help you. Um, and most bad drugs, things that I would call bad drugs, aren't things doctors give you. They're the kind of drugs that we tell you not to take, the kind of drugs that you buy from people who aren't doctors, um, and that we would recommend nobody use because they can be very dangerous. 
Now, Charlie, you have is that one? good? Do yeah. I need to get yeah. more specific I get, than no, that? that makes sense. I, I feel like I'm trying to, Kaylee. I'm trying to give you a general rules as opposed to a that list of what sense, not to Mama. do. And if you're never that sure, makes sense, Mom. Thank you. Um, if you're never sure, ask a doctor or a trusted adult, like a parent. Now, Charlie, you had one more question. Uh, yeah. How do germs? How do good germs and bad germs? Bad germs make us feel worse. I don't know how that happens, but how do good germs make us fight all those dirty, nasty, bad germs away? Uh, That's such a great question. That's a complex question, too. Bad germs make you sick in a lot of different ways, depending on what exactly the germ is. Yeah. Some some germs um, hurt parts of our body, and that makes us sick. Like the flu germ. Like the flu flu virus? Yeah. Yeah, the flu virus. They cause egg. inflammation, which is when yeah, um, on your skin. Too that's many the white blood cells go right. When too many white blood cells go to fight, oh, and all the other things with it, not just white <laughs> blood cells, but yes, when you get and it a red big blood response cells and white blood cells from exactly oh, from your immune a system. Bunch of the white, a and, bunch of the blood cells, and so and like the way your body reacts to germs is part of how some germs make you feel bad too. But all of that, all the stuff that bad germs do, um, Charlie, it's, it's good that you know there are also good good germs, in a sense, good bacteria, yeah. good fungi. Those are fungi, fungus, the plural of fungus. Uh, good, these are good things that grow on us all the time. And what they do is because they're growing Mom. and taking up space, Mom. bad germs can't. And there's this germ that can help us feel better from... Uh, from from a bunch of sicknesses that kind of looks like a golden nightfall tower with a cheese poof on top. What? There's a germ that looks like that. Are you talking about the bacteriophage? Yeah. The virus that infects that, bacteria? Yeah. That. That fights all that bacteria away. There is a virus. If you can believe it, viruses can also infect germs that are bacteria, not just us. That is very that is very true, Charlie. Yeah. But the the thing is, there are good there are good bacteria in your body, um, mostly in your well, they're all throughout your whole body. You're 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 almost equally human in bacteria. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a picture of a bacteriophage. But uh, but yeah, you have one. lots of good bacteria in your, especially in your stomach and GI tract that help you um, digest and break down food and keep everything balanced and go to the bathroom regularly. And But there's lots of good bacteria all over your skin, all over your body. And it's taking up space and nutrients so that bad bacteria don't get there. So we don't want to say all germs are bad. The germs that make us sick, we call them pathogens. <laughs> pathogens are scary. Um. Folks, thank you so much for donating to our uh, thank you our show. Um, we really appreciate the it. special episode with f- questions from kids with questions from kids like me, Charlie, which, and, which and is sorry. five and is a kid. Bye. Oh no wow, she was just ending the show. She's there. just over with it. Um, Charlie, thank you. Are you are you leaving? Yeah. Okay. Bye. Well, th- thank you, Charlie. Thank you Thanks, for Chuck. all of your assistance. Um, thank you, kids, all the kids who yeah, sent in questions. questions. Thank you all. Um, if Bye, you-, you guys. See you on the next surprise bonus episode. Okay. So if you... Uh, I love you. If Bye. I can ask one Bye. more favor from you, um, 
I already appreciate you donating. She uh, really left. And you can tweet about just if you enjoyed this and you want to tell other people to donate, it's maximumfund.org forward slash join. Um, if you wouldn't mind doing that, just like, hey, you don't want to miss this one. Make sure you join the network and donate. But either way, you have donated and we really appreciate you. Thank for you that. so much. This was a, and this was a ton of fun. I, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. And again, thank you to all the, the kids and, and parents and guardians who facilitated the sending of all those questions. Yes. That was that was delightful. So that's going to do it for us uh, for this year. Mm-hmm. And until next year, <laughs> join us for uh, uh, for Sydney McElroy. I'm just it's, I've, it's like a bonus, but I've forgotten how to end the show. I was going to say, is that the bonus? No, the bonus is I'm having an episode. No, <laughs> here it comes. For Sydney McElroy, my name is no. You say your name, okay? That's our our show's it. name is Sawbones. So, until next time, for Sawbones, I'm reporting Justin McElroy. F- so, are you do. okay? Be sure to join us Legit, again next okay? time. Legit, <laughs> <laughs> What is happening over there? I don't remember how we end the show. I don't know where our daughter is. Uh, okay, so. Thank you so much. My parents are upstairs. She's Thank my you parents. so much for joining us for Sawbones, a marital term. <laughs> my name is Justin McGraw. I'm Sydney McGraw. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head like I apparently have. Apparently, apparently, you did. Org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.